and uh, I would be remiss and negligent if I didn't do this. For you, it's information. For me, it's work. Well, that's what it's all about. I want to turn to Daniel chapter 7. We're going to go through that chapter tonight. She's all right. Let her cry. Her voice is going to be all right. She's practicing for the choir. And he's practicing for the choir. We got a tenor, a soprano, and a bass coming up. Wow. We're well looked after. God is God prepared. Amen. Out of the mouth of babes to bring music. Amen. Any church without a music like this is in bad shape. Got no Pentecost future. You may be seated. I, I want to be facetious and say this tonight. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? More than once, kids have gone up in the airplane and looked around, seen the clouds, and said, where is God? All they see is just fog, clouds. Can we tell them that God is in the sky? They look to the airplane window. Where is God? Where is he? Well, we're not the first one to ask the question because Second Peter chapter 3 says some people ask, where is the promise of his coming? And you ought to read that. You need to read it. I don't know how aware or informed you are, and that's your prerogative, what you are, what, you, what you're doing with the knowledge that's available to you. But I want to say it is incumbent on preachers to also stir up the church and to get her thinking right. You put watchmen on the wall to blow the trumpet and give the alarm. Alarm is an alarm to wake you up like a siren. Like we call 911, you get a siren coming on. That's a preacher's job to do that. And so, lest we become snared we're going to read the entire chapter, and I am positive you would not read it on your own. I'm definitely sure it wouldn't even bear any interest to you that you should even single it out and read it. And most believers don't even go beyond or go back beyond Matthew. They may read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they sure don't read Micah, Zacharias, Amos. Why would they read it? Definitely they will not read Leviticus. And Numbers, far-fetched, won't even touch it. But history is written in advance. And we are the people that are seeing the fulfillment of what those men talked about. Those men are long since deceased, and they cannot falsify what we're seeing and hearing. So you cannot say what we're reading is counterfeit, because they're in their grave. And the Lord says, you know, the fathers and the prophets, where are they? They're dead, but God is alive, and God is confirming his word. And I'm reading what was said 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, what was said to us. I'm reading it, and I'm hearing it. 
and I'm recognizing it. And Jesus spent a lot of time before he left this earth asking his disciples, as well as you and me, do not be deceived. Let no man steal your crown. Be careful. And he gives us a lot of warning. If you'll search your Bible with your concordance, there's a lot of times he said, don't be deceived. And then the Bible ends this way, and the devil that deceived the whole world was cast to lake of fire. God said the devil that deceived the whole world. Now, I've never felt in my life where I ever felt like I'm deceived. I've never felt that. I always feel like I have all the knowledge, all the power, all the insight, all the information, and I have it on pad. And I'm sure we all think that way. We all are in charge of our emotions and our feelings. And we're doing what we want to do until you gamble and you lose your money. <laughs> then you realize you don't know anything. <laughs> that machine going to steal every dime you got. Amen? Las Vegas is, is there to prove that. People lose money there often. Now, chapter 7. There's a, there's a believer, like you and I are a believer, and every day I'm expecting God to walk into my room and this big light to shine. It never happens. It just don't happen. But, and I thought, if it did happen, then he would have had a mission for me to fulfill because he's not there just to satisfy my curiosity. He's going to do it because there's a reason or a work to do. Now, Daniel... Daniel was a young person, I'm sure between age 30 and under, and he was captive. He was captive in the land of modern-day today, Iraq. If you look at the map, in your Bible, your Bible at the back, you'll see Jerusalem, and you'll see north of there is Iraq. You'll see that, and there's the River Jordan, and you can look and see there, you can see Syria, off to one side to the east and, and to the north. You got, you got Iran and all those places. Now, I'm not a geographer, so I'm not the home to those geographical positions there, but you can figure out on the map where they are. And there's a map in your Bible at the back. Look it up. You'll see it. It'll show you where those countries are. You should look them up so you have proximity, understanding where these things are taking place. Well, he was in Babylon... And the Lord told us in what year? In the year of Belteser, king of Babylon, king of Iraq. Daniel had, you're going to read along with me. I need that screen to be running when I'm reading so they can see on the screen also. Uh, we're going to follow every verse and see what's going on here. In the first year of Belteser, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream So Daniel had a dream and visions, the dream, and told us some of the matter. He wrote about it and told about it. Verse 2, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night. So he had two things, a dream and a vision. He called it a dream and a vision. By night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. Now, four winds mean east, west, north, south. The great sea is called the Mediterranean Sea. That's the sea he's talking about. He saw four winds. Now, those four winds, we'll show you later on, 
it means kingdoms as well as angels. Both. Because every kingdom have an angel over them. Canada has an angel over Canada. The four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. And the four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Here's a problem. Sometimes sea means people, and times sea means sea. So which one does it mean? We'll find out later on. It says, and they came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Now the first one, it says, in verse 4, the first one that he saw, he saw a lion with eagle's wings until the wings were plucked and the eagle stood up and a heart was given to it. In verse 5, he said the second was a bear raised up on one side, had three ribs in its mouth, and he heard these words, Arise, kill, and eat much flesh. Then the third that he saw in Daniel 7, 6, was a leopard on its back, had four wings of a fowl, and the leopards had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now, that's quite spectacular. It was not a circus. We're going to learn some things here. In verse 7 to 8, we know a fourth beast came up that could not be called one of those animals. It was not described as any animals. It was dreadful, terrible, exceedingly strong. It's destroyed. It destroyed and break in pieces all opposition. It stomped out the residue of any opposing forces. Baba says, and it was diverse from the three beasts before it, and it had ten horns, out of which came a little horn out of the ten, and then that little horn defeated or overthrew three of the ten horns, and that little horn had many eyes in it. Can you folks try to imagine that, what it looks like? He's showing you this picture right here. Look at this. Look at this picture. Point at this piece, if you will find it, right here. There's a, there's, a, there's a lion. Here he is with the wings. Here is the bear with the three ribs in its mouth. Here's the leopard with the four heads and the wings of the fowl. And here is the beast that he couldn't describe. He said he looked strange. Ten horns. And he has also there a little horn that came out of it. Right there. Stop and digest. What would you do if that was a dream you had? Would you jump right up and have a coffee? I said, I've had a bad day. <laughs> I've had a bad day. 
I mean, I, I dreamt and I saw, and I'm calling the vision, a lion with wings of an eagle, a bear with three ribs in his mouth, a leopard with four heads and wings as a fowl, and a beast, I can't describe him, there's nothing in God's creation looking like him, but he's got ten horns, a little horn came up right here, and that little horn fought these three of these horns and defeated them. Now, let's go on. It says that the fourth was diverse from the rest. I'm going to jump in and tell you who's who. The, the, the lion represents modern-day nation of Iraq in history. I'm going to say that. In history. Let's go way back in 606 B.C. And they reign up to 536 before Christ years. The bear represents Medio Persia, which we call Iran today. And the leopard represents Greece, modern day Greece, which historically was back then. And if you want to know the kings that were in charge in those days, you can find them in the Bible because it tells you their names. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not so much interested in their past as their present situation. I understand that. The fourth beast, historically, is Rome. Now you're going to find in chapter 7, only a few verses are given to those three beasts and the rest of the entire writings, right down to verse 28, is about the fourth kingdom. The most significant get the most literature, the most explanation. Okay? Then you're going to find in chapter 7, I want, you, I want you to go there and look for me. In chapter 7 and verse 9 and 10, we see pictures of Jesus emerging. And he's confronting those beasts. By the time he came, three of those beasts were fallen, and he was dealing with the fourth beast. Now, in chapter 7, verse 9, we read about the fall of the beast, the fourth beast empire. This is God jumping ahead of the story and giving you a, a, a prelude of what's supposed to happen in the future. In verse 9, the term ascent of days is mentioned. He came and he faced off with the fourth kingdom, Little Horn. Out of the fourth kingdom and the ten horn came up a little horn. And that's what Jesus is coming to fight. It's called the ancient of days. Verse 10, we read that the kingdom of that little horn, which was global, I mean, I mean entire global, no nation escape, God made sure he defeat them all because he's not going to fight them all. He's going to fight the leader of this world. 
and says in verse 10, he jumped to the end of this fight and tells you that Jesus won the war. Look at verse 10. And it tells you that no more are they rejecting him now, but everybody is worshiping who? Jesus. Nations, kindreds, tongues, angels, devils, animals, everybody worshiping him. And he jumped to the white throne judgment and says, I saw judgment was set and the books were open. That's a quick synopsis of things not yet. Now, I'm going to say to you that verse 9 and 10 is future. We are two or three steps away from that fulfillment. Now, he said, I want to know the interpretation because I want to know what's going on here. He says, he says uh, in verse 11, And I beheld, because of the voice of the great words which the little horn spake, and I beheld till the beast was slain, which is, he's running down, he's gone way ahead of us now. He's gone right to, right to Revelation 19 and show the beast, Antichrist, being cast alive in the lake of fire. Daniel saw that. Long before it happened. And his body was slain and destroyed and given to the burning flames. Long before John wrote about it. It's mentioned here. And it's concerned the rest of the beast, which is the ten horns beast. I mean, said that. They had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives prolonged for a little season. And we know how long that season is, a thousand years. And here's the beauty. First, in Daniel 7, the, those horns had no crowns on them. But in Revelation 13, they have crowns on their horns, meaning they come to power and dynasty. I understand that. Good. So we want to know more. What does this all mean? Because where is Jesus Christ in all that's going on today? And this book is telling me where Jesus is. You have to look carefully to see where Jesus is right now as I speak. He's not dead. He's not buried. He's not sitting on the throne doing nothing. He's involved. But where is he? Well, the GPS, God <laughs> positioning scripture, is going to tell us where Jesus is. I understand that. Now, Daniel does not know the name Jesus. All he knows is that there's a son of man. And our son of God, and then and he know there is what? Ancient of days. That's all he knows. And he can't tell who they who that person is. He doesn't know. He does not know. Verse 13. The Son of Man, the eternal kingdom. And I saw, stay with me, please. I saw in the night vision. Behold, one like the Son of Man. Who's the Son of Man? That's not Jeremiah. That's who? Jesus. Son of man came with the clouds. He's talking about this. Look, it's what you see here. You see him coming right here. But he doesn't mention anything about Christians coming with him. You just see him alone. I understand that. I see the Son of Man. So you want to know what Jesus says? Somewhere between verse 9 and 13 is Jesus Christ. 
But where is he right now? He's telling you, I saw the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Asian of days, and they brought him near before him. Now, <clears throat> that's exactly what you read in Isaiah 5. I mean, Revelation 5. One sits on the throne, and the seal's in his hand, and they ask, who's going to open it? The one that sits on the throne is the Ancient of Days. Look, it's, it's what it says. Write it down in your mind. And then nobody could open the book in heaven, on earth, or below the earth. And so a guy showed up, said, I'm the son of man. I'll do it. No man could do it, so we had no man to do it. And Jesus said, I'll be that man. And so all of a sudden, the Ancient of Days become the son of man. Can't you guys see that? Can't you see that? Not two gods. Divinity and humanity in operation. Daniel is talking about right here. So where is Jesus? And there was given him, the son of man, dominion, glory, and a kingdom, and all people, nations, and languages should serve him, he was who? That's not yet fulfilled. They're not serving him. They're cursing him. They're blaspheming him. They're denying his existence. But this is telling me where Jesus is today in modern day events. And what's going to reveal him. Now, it says here, Languages that should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. We're talking about this right here. Millennium. How can you see that? Everlasting. It has no end. I'm going to point you one more time. The millennium right here. When he comes back here, right on the Mount of Olives, right here, and destroy all his enemies, then he will reign forever and forever for a thousand years. And he goes right into eternity. Where is Jesus today? Where is he? They're slaughtering his people. Nothing is happening. Where is he? Why is he not fighting for us? Why is he not protesting? Well, Daddy, I'll tell you what's going on. All right? You remember now they, they asked Jesus, take revenge for us, Lord. Those got beheaded. And he said, no, just a minute. You got some more brothers to be beheaded. <laughs> Wait till the appointed time. He's bound by scripture, GPS. Verse 15. The interpretation of the dream. Not Pastor Nina giving it now. This is God giving it from his word. Everything you just read, here's the interpretation. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body. And the vision of my head troubled me. I'd be troubled too. I came near unto, it says here, one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. In other words, all the angels was watching what's going on. What does all this mean, angels? So he told me and made me to know the interpretation of the things I just read in chapter 7. Now, verse 17 of chapter 7. The great beast which are which are four, 
Here they are again. Look at them. One, two, three, four. The lion, the bear, the leopard, and that beast. We can't describe him. It says here, the great beast, which are four, are four kings. Ah, so he's calling a king a bear. He's calling a king a leopard. He's calling him a what? A beast. Symbolism. They have the nature of those animals. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Who are they? Well, I'm telling you what they are now. Iraq, Medo Persian, Grecians, and Rome. And the reason why Persia today is the most dominant one, because in this vision right here, it tells you that the he-goat, right, or the ram, rather, is, the, is Medo Persia, right? And the he-goat here is uh, Alexander the Great from Greece. Notice here, two horns, one horn. That means one king, Greece. See that? And the two horns, Medes and the Persians, who overcome Babylon and brought Israel back into the promised land. So, we're going to read on some more. Am I making sense? Now, the great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. Saints cannot mean Pentecostal saints, because Pentecostal saints does not exist for Daniel to talk about. Daniel knows nothing about a church. No church existed. Until Jesus said, I will build my church. Didn't say, I have a church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. So saints mean who? Who, folks? <coughs> Sorry. Israel. Okay, he said, praise the Lord. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and forever. In other words, Jewish anti-Semitism will stop right here when Jesus comes. And Israel will become the head of all nations, like God told Abraham, which they're not today because of their sins. They chase Jesus out, and when they bring him back and recognize him, then he'll make them the head of nations. Won't be Russia, won't be United States, won't be Caliph, Caliphate, it won't be Islam, it won't be Rome, it will be Israel. He says, then I will know the truth of the fourth beast. Notice where his emphasis is. I don't want to know about the first, the second, and the third. I want to know about the fourth. Because the fourth is the last one. Then I will know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth was as iron, look at the picture, you can see that, and his nails of brass, and devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. It's giving you the historicity 
since Rome came into existence, it tolerated no opposition. It destroyed, it stomped out. They had crusade, inquisition, they killed, they murdered, they slaughtered. They were just like, they were, like the, the extremists today. That's what they did. That's how they martyred. They killed more Christians than, than Muslims did. Rome did. Okay? And they started from way back in 30 B.C. They started killing off Jews and continuing on killing Christians until the Pope got involved. Now, verse 20. He's asking for explanation. And the ten horns that are in his head, and of the other which came up, before whom three fell. In other words, ten horns are ten kings. We're going we're to learn it later on. And three of them had a battle against him and lost, and he won. So the other seven submit to him. Which chapter 13 of Revelation tells you very plainly. And so you got one guy over the entire world. Now, it says here, it says here in verse 20, whose mouth spake very great things, whose look was worse, was more stout than his fellow before him. In other words, he is different from all the rest. This little guy, he's boastful, you know, he's blasphemous. But we're talking about a man that Satan gave his power, seat, and authority to. So you're not dealing with just a man. You're dealing with Satan representation on earth. Okay? Just like Jesus had a representation on earth as God, son, Satan is same same thing. Okay? But in an evil way. I beheld, and the same horn, the little horn, make war with the saints and prevail against them. You're going to do it right here. Right? You're going to, from here to here, he's going to give them peace treaty. And then after that, he would break it. And the next three and a half years, he will destroy Israel. And Jesus will come to the Mount of Olives and deliver Israel. Can you hear me? Because I turn right to the mic. I turn right to the mic here. So here, for the first three and a half years, he will make a peace treaty with Israel. The last three and a half years, he will break that peace treaty. He will break it and then defeat Israel, take away Jerusalem from them until Jesus came to Mount of Olives to deliver them. All right, let's go on here. Verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the most high. Who's the most high? Who's the most high? But you can't find the name Jesus there. That's why you don't change your Bible. But with concordance, context, references, the most high always will be Jesus. And he, the little horn, shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high. Thank God's not you, because some of us wouldn't make it. <laughs> wear them out mean persecute them, stomp them, burn them, annihilate them. If God didn't come and defend them, they'd be wiped out. And think to change times, which is happening right now, and laws, marriage laws, different laws are being changed, and seasons. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, let's note, a time means a year, and times mean two years, 
and dividing of time means three and a half years. It's repeated in Revelation several more times. That means the Antichrist will only reign for three and one half years. The first, the first three and a half years start right here. When the church is gone, he reigned and Israel have peace. And then sudden destruction. Devil got kicked out of heaven right here. Michael kick him out. He falls upon the earth and persecute Israel from there on in chapter 12 of Revelation and defeat her. And reign over the earth. And all the wars of the earth are going to be fighting with him for dominance as the world leader. He will not tolerate any of the gods beside himself or any other leader but himself. And he will succeed because God is going to help him to do it. And then Jesus Christ is going to put him down. Now, let's go on back here some more. In verse 25, it says here, he shall devour the whole, verse 23, he shall devour the entire earth and shall tread it down and break it into pieces. In other words, he will be a dictator that rules the world. Not just part of the world. England and United States and Russia have never controlled the entire world. Never. But Iraq has, Iran has, Greece has, and Rome had. But these other guys have regional powers, but never global power. I understand that. It was not given to them. And China will never be a global power either. Neither will the caliphate system. Keeping in mind, <laughs> I said, worry about this. When Iraq, Persia, and Greece, and these guys were in power, they were not Muslim. They were not what? Muslim. You're going to find that Muslim came into existence 600 years after Christ's coming. That's when Islam came into existence. So you can't call Iraq. Iraq, in fact, <laughs> when Mohammed captured Iraq and captured Iran and Syria, they were Christian nations. And they captured those countries from Rome. Rome and those Muslims fought a lot. You understand that? And that's why they're afraid to invade Syria today because they said the Muslim is going to turn around and say, see, it's the crusade all over again. And that would rally all the other Muslim, the so-called peaceful Muslim, to rally to the cause and have a global war. You understand that? Between West and Middle East. And they're trying to avoid that. They're doing everything in their power to stop that from happening because there are many Muslim countries around the world. But right now they're calling those guys radical. The radicals are trying to stir up all Muslims to fight with them to overthrow Europe. And Europe is trying hard not to make that happen. Now let's see if they'll succeed. 
It says here in verse 25 that it'll only rain for three and a half years. And I told you, it's the last three and a half years it'll rain. So up to here, until Christ put down his rain. So from here to right here, it'll rain. Now, but it said, but judgment shall sit. This is a parenthetical discussion. Leave away from what's happening and give the explanation. It's what God is doing right now. But judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion. Who's they? Israel will take away his dominion. To consume and to destroy it unto the end. In other words, he's going to lose the battle. Not by Israel, but with the help of Jesus Christ. The second coming. So where is Jesus? He's waiting his turn. <laughs> they couldn't crucify him the first year he came. They couldn't crucify him the second year. On the third year, they did. Because his time had come. He said, it's your time now. Go ahead. Arrest me. He said, you couldn't do it except it was given to you from an eye. He said, I could have called angels down and fight you and destroy you. But it's not supposed to be that way. So go ahead, arrest me, nail me. After three days, I'll come back and go back to heaven and wait my turn, come back and destroy you. Now, in verse 27, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. In other words, Israel will become the final victor of wars on earth. Now, you know Every war on earth is trying to destroy one set of people, Israel. If you read Psalms 83, you read about the nations who are trying to destroy Israel. If you read Ezekiel 38, you read about Russia and China and all those countries trying to destroy Israel. Every country is going to try to destroy Israel. Not because they're wicked, but the devil is using them. Because Israel is the apple of God's eye. And God made a promise which everybody's trying to destroy. If Israel ceased to be a nation, then the sun, the moon, and star will not shine anymore. If you can count the sand on the seashore, the stars in heaven, then Israel will cease to be a nation. That has never been accomplished, and it still won't be accomplished, not with any computer. So the devil is doing everything in his power to make a liar out of God. He convinced Adam and Eve that God lies. And do the same thing today. Now, verse 27. It says here, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, which is Israel and God, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hereunto is the end of the matter. As for, as for me, Daniel, my cognition must trouble me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Another word, what am I trying to tell you? Everything here in the news today is about what? Iraq, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Now, Rome's a lot quieter. I'm going to show you some things here. Rome is a little bit more quieter. There's my little graph there. The four beasts 
Iraq, Iran, Greece, and Rome. And to be honest with you, if you turn to your map right now, look at it. If Jesus is going to restore Israel's properties back to her, then these countries are going to disappear off the scenery. They'll cease to exist. Iran, Iraq, Greece are going to cease to exist. Well, not so much Greece as, as uh, Turkey, Iran, Syria. They will cease to exist. You know why? Because if you draw what God promised Abraham from the point to Egypt, Nile River, if God claimed those land, then Syria will cease to exist, Iran will cease to exist, and Iraq. And right now they're bombing the life out of them, and that's exactly what's going to happen eventually. <laughs> they're going to be dissolved. Because Babylon is supposed to cease to exist a long time ago. And Iran and Syria are occupying properties, and you don't know this, but it was France and England created the geographic location of the Middle East. England, France, and Italy sat down in a pub and, and redrew the Middle East. Search your geography, search your history, and draw the boundaries. They were the one that decided to partition Israel. And ever since that time, the war never ceased. So, what you need to realize here is this. Yeah, we, I already drew this for you. The lion with the two wings. The bear with three ribs, the leopard, which is Isaiah the Great and his four generals, and Rome, this is where we are right now. This is where we are. It's important to know where we are on this map. We are right here. Show them the picture, please. This is history. Eastern division of Rome, Greek Empire, and the Western Papal System. Now these ones got defeated by the Muslims, and this one is still in existence, and he still controlled both. The Greek Orthodox uh, leader, and you got the Pope. Well, the Pope is over him and all the rest of them. The Pope is also over these guys here. Very quiet, but very powerful in your Bible. What is the Muslim trying to do? They're trying to reestablish the Sultan Empire. That was under the the Turkey Turkians. Turkey had ruled for a while until General Allenby of England overthrew that empire and gave it back to Israel. But the Sultan reigned for a year. We've we've been there. We've seen it. How many guys went with us? How many, let's see those hands. You were so you didn't come. Shame on you. Come on. <laughs> Next time travel with, travel, come travel with me, come fly with me. 
But we went there, and we went to, to their palaces. And we could, we could look on the ocean and see where they are. And how they, how they, Israel is in the midst of the nation. So all the wars that are going on, the boundary warfare, England, France, and Italy are responsible for the geographic that you see right now. They're the ones that carve it out the way it is and gave it to those people. Now, it's in the 6th century that Islam became a, a force, uh, but Islam was never a world empire. Islam was always confined to the Middle East. But today, these young men want to bring it to Europe and make it worldwide. So we're seeing that war going on. Now, look at this right here, guys. So where's Jesus? Jesus is with the fourth kingdom. Now, what I didn't tell you is this. In 606 B.C. to 536 is where Iraq was a world power. And then Iran was a world power from 536 B.C. to 330 B.C. And then we find the Grecian Empire reigned from 330 to 323. And it, it also include, listen now, Egypt, Syria, those countries. So Egypt and Syria is related to Greece. They are. <coughs> because of Alexander the Great. Rome ruled all of them. When Rome came into existence. And from Greece came Syria, called the Seleucid Empire. And out of Syria came a forerunner of the Antichrist. He's shown right here. He's shown somewhere, right? let's see, uh, right here. There he's right here. You have this here, Trace, Macedonia, Syria, and Egypt, ruled by Greece, the Grecian Empire. Can you believe that? And a little lad called uh, Antiochus Epiphany IV, he personified everything the Antichrist was going to do and be. We should only go into tonight. We look at this then. So where are we today? I'm telling you right now, we're sitting in this church, and we, we are ignorant of the fact that you got ten, ten horns in power right now. You hear a term like G7, G, G20, and all that stuff. What does it mean, folks? It means a whole lot. That's the global government working together. We've been on some cruises and been some places. Every country I go and been to have the same garbage bin. <laughs> you know why? They want to stop pollution. And those ministers come together and come with some edict, like they're meeting right now. When he come back from his G20 meeting, he's going to change Canada to conform to the world. Now, what you don't realize is the wars that are going on right now because of the, the global fear, it will make an usher in sooner than later the need for a mark on your hand. So you can tell who terrorist is and who terrorists are not. Every one of you look, look like a terrorist. You will be treated like one at the airport unless you have a government issue identification with photographs on it. That's the forerunner for the Mark 666. Six, six. 
the eyes in the horn mean that there's going to be a world system where Big Brother's watching you, which we know is television, the media we have today. You're being watched 24-7. Every street in McMurray is going to have these cameras. Every country we have been to have the same cameras everywhere we have gone. Every country, rich country, poor country, cameras everywhere. In other words, the horns are watching you. GPS, they know where you are. Your phone can tell where you are. Right now, they're back tracing where these guys were by GPS, and they're decoding stuff. So you can't hide. But if you don't have a government-issued mark, you cannot fly. And it's illegal to work in Canada without a government-issued ID. And pretty soon, when people are fearful for their lives, it will become a life and death issue. You'll be shot on sight if you don't comply. Because your freedom will be gone. You've got to sacrifice personal freedom and liberty for the general good of everybody. It's called martial law. You're heading for it. It'll be there pretty soon. So right now, what they're doing is really making this easier for the Antichrist to come and reign. Because he's going to, the system of the world will be just suitable for him. These ten horns, France is one of them, and France got hit. Well, if you hit my brother, it's like hitting my sister too. Or hit my sister, hit my cousin too. So when you hit France, you've hit all the other nine countries. I mean, understand that. And these are countries without borders. That means we're one family. But the mixing is not good. It's partially strong and partially weak. That's why the Berlin Wall came down, that this could take place. Now, British Rose, do me a favor, please. I've got a charge in the rate for them, please. My office there. All right. So we're right here. So where does where does uh, the Jews fit in all this? Psalms 83. Turn there, please. Here's where the Jews, I mean, the, the, the Islamic group fit in this. Islam, Islam, I don't want people to call me a, uh, Put it right here, please. I hate literature person, so I'm not going to talk about it. But the Koran, the men said they're doing what's written in the Koran. Christians call people heretics who doesn't believe the doctrine. Islam call them infidel. And some people call them cult. Now, Look at these ten nations. The world, what's the Maastricht Treaty, a treaty of Rome? What does that mean, Treaty of Rome? In 1958, there was a Treaty of Rome. What for? Rome? And ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. Hello? And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. Who's this woman? Rome. Rome is that woman that sits upon that economical power with whom the kings of the earth commit what we call a fornication abomination. Now, you are right now in that situation. 
People are afraid of tomorrow. They're afraid of their shadow. Jesus coming the second time visibly cannot take place if the ten horns are not here reigning. They're already in place, but they're not reigning. The EU system is not world global yet because the UN is in the way. I understand that. The UN has to be shut down and the balance of power switch to Europe. Now, these Muslims that are fighting, where do they come from? They come from right here. Iraq, right? Iran, and they spread all over the world. And here's how they do it. This is very important before I close. Mohammed was born in 570 A.D. in Mecca. That's many years after Christ. That's many years before Iraq was a world power. Because Iraq was a world power in 606 B.C. And they were not Muslim. There was no Muslim faith anywhere. To be honest, Mohammed probably was a Christian one time. And deviated from it and formed his own. Saying that Rome had corrupted Christianity. And so Gabriel chose him to correct that mistake. From which come the, uh, the Koran. He fought in Mecca, Medina, and all those places. Father died in 632, but he said he met Gabriel in 610 AD. After his death, Problem begun, and you got the Sunni, which was the original, and the Shia, which follow another portion of that belief system, which I won't go into tonight. But here's what caused the big problem today. Today's problem started under President Carter leadership. President Carter came across like Obama weak, and the Iranians with Ayatollah's input, and Ayatollah was in France plotting to overthrow the king of Iran, the Shah. The Shah and the United States were friends, so was Iraq too. And they gave asylum to the Shah. And so the Iranian got mad and said, let, let him go or otherwise, and he wouldn't. They wouldn't. So. They invaded the embassy, took over all those ambassadors, British and everybody else, burned it down, and defy America. It's a death to America. And I said, bring back Ayatollah, because he, he ran away from the Shah. So that's when the Arab Spring really started. When the rest of Muslims and Arabs saw that Europe was weak, then the rest start rising up. And it's a, it's a plutoria, a continual worsening of the situation. Now it reached ahead where they defy Russia, America, but they're fulfilling the scripture. The prophet says, 
Let the weak say I am strong. And we're watching it happen. It started by humiliating Carter. And when Carter got humiliated, America raised up Reagan. And Reagan got, they called him the Reagan. And he went after who? What's the, what's, what's, the, what's the king name? One of those Arab kings. Not, I'll tell you the name just a minute here. Uh, Mohammed uh, from, uh, not Egypt, is from, I'll tell you just a minute here, Libya. And he bombed him. Gaddafi. He, bom he bombed Gaddafi. Almost killed him and his son. And from that day, in fact, he did kill one of his kids. <laughs> Gaddafi fall a step back, and they realized Reagan didn't mean business. Reagan turned around and challenged uh, Gorbachev. So take down that wall. He did. Burn wall came down. Not one shot fired. And so it gave more impetus to the weaker nation to feel like they're strong. That they could do things. And so we see what happened here. In 1979, the Arab World Spring Rise started with Iran. They cried for the Shah to go what? Down. And when the Arabs saw that, that this could happen, then the rest of them rose up. Now, Mr. Bush went after Iraq, after Iraq, after Bin Laden, and what happened there? He destroyed the system of Iraqis and gave rise to the weaker opposition that he used to have, Hussein used to have. And so now they form a new thing called ISIS, which is Iraq, I think Syria, and I think uh, Turkey. They, they want to get these countries together, and Iran, they want to get them together and form an Islamic state like they used to have in Turkey. Well, can that happen? No, it won't happen. But they will only be defeated on the battlefield. Even though Europe is trying so hard not to fight, they will have to fight because these men are determined. But what's happened to these men? Did you know the four winds are the same four winds mentioned in the seventh chapter of the book of Isaiah? I mean, uh, Revela Revelation. Go there, please. Chapter 7, Revelation. Go there. It said the four winds strove and read to hurt the earth. They're going to hurt the earth. And God said, hold it. Do not do it until I sealed 144,000 Jews. Notice two tribes were left out. Which tribes? Dan and Ephraim. That's another story, but they're idolatrous. So they're left out. So 144,000 Jews were sealed right here. They were sealed right here. This guy is the Antichrist, right? And here is communism. Here's, here's a economical system. And here is where the death, Islamic, going to bring a lot of death on people in the world. Now, God says, seal them right here. Because Moses and Elijah are going to be rising up. 
when we are gone as a church and be the only power on earth that can deal with this system. Now, folks, I want to ask you, where did all the spirits gone that used to possess men, legions of devils, in one man? That society could not chain him. They said he went, pow, I broke the chain. Is it possible, it's impossible, for guns and government to control ISIS? I said yes. ISIS is not under their own power. ISIS has been guided by higher power, principalities and powers, and rulers. Paul said, when I was in Ephesus, after the manner of beast, I fought with what? Men. Where have all the devils gone? Where have all the spirits gone? Can you lock up a, a demonic man? He can break that bar and get out. Hello? Do devils, are they afraid of death? No. They said, send us in the swines. And they went in the swines. I'm telling you, they're coming out of the swines. They're going into people. They're in people. We cast out devils. You mean devils and people. And guess what? Look at this map right here. Can you see it, folks? See it right here? We're seeing this happening right now. The four demons in the river Euphrates. Look where Euphrates is. Look where it starts. From Iraq coming down, coming down through these countries, coming through Israel pathway towards Egypt. There are four spirits there, four spirits, which I'm going to go to tonight. They're demonic power, demonic forces. When you read Revelation chapter 9, it says, And God opened up the abyss, hell, and all the dirty angels coming out upon the earth. And God said, Woe to the inhabitants of man. Man was made lower than the angels. You can't shoot devils. You may shoot a man, but guess what? It's not going to work. These science, you know, fiction stories, they're almost real. They're preparing us for outer space invasion. But it won't be from heaven. It'll be from the devils. Because Satan is going to enter the heart of that man like he did Judas. Irresistible. Now, folks, look at this right here. We see 606 to 30 B.C., the four kings of the earth. Then Islam came into existence, 610. In 948, Israel became a nation. In 979, Iran rebelled against the Shah and gave rise to the Islamic movement today. And we see Iraq falling, Libya's falling, and I hate to tell you, Syria will cease to exist. So will Iran and Iraq. It's all over. They'll cease to exist. According to my Bible, so will Islam too. Because Jesus is going to deal with it. All right? And then we have here, we're at 2015 right now. Look at this chart right here. We're coming to close. Look at it right here. 
right now, in the year 2000, the EU became 10 horns, nations. There they are right here. The Treaty of Rome. Denmark, West Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Italy, Greece, Netherlands, France, Great Britain, Ireland. All these form the treaty. But, guess what? The plan is escape. Let's stand. In September the 17th, 1973, the Ten Clubs of Rome was formed. Rome, Ten Clubs of Nations. Here they are. Ten Clubs of Rome, September the 17th. They were formed in 1973. Here are the ten of them. North America, one. West Europe, two. Japan, three. Australia and South Africa, four. Eastern Europe, five. Latin America, six. North Africa and, 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 the, Middle, and the Middle East, seven. Main Africa, eight. South Africa, nine. And then we have here Central Asia. And here's what, what's interesting. The Lord tells us that... The generation, which is us, that witness 1948 event, people like me born in 48, our generation will not cease to exist. It's like World War, World War I generation no longer lives. They're all dead. Right? They're all dead. World War II is going off the scene. Right? And World War III just about to get started. The Pope says last week, World War III begun. I didn't say that the Pope says that. He ought to know. He's the head of the nations. Now, 70 years since 1948 will give us 2018. How many times I preached and told you guys that I believe nothing but calamity and perilous times going to come when the nations are crying peace and safety, sudden destruction. Now, I'm taking it from the Bible because the events are there. If you study what that party in France was called, now I don't know if there's any link to it, but what was it called? Anybody know the name? Devil's what? Devil's Death Night, something like that? Devil's Death Night? What a thing to call yourself. And that's exactly what happened. Devils affect minds of men that are weak. To destroy his fellow man. We're now entering a new zone called the love of many wax cold. People are anti-government. Lawlessness is rampant. And at the same time, law is changing. Marriage law is changing. Moral law is changing. Income is changing. Like the Bible says it would. Everything is happening right now every time. But the question is, where is Jesus? Chapter 3 of 2 Peter says, because I said, where is this coming? Well, he said, look, man, I will come. I'm being merciful. I want to sing at the Holy Ghost today, tonight, so if I come, they won't be saved. But he will not wait till the church be full to come, because the ark was not full when he came for the flood. Now, folks, look at this right here. What's going to happen in 2016? 
in 2017, 2018, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be 10 times worse. I know our governments are good intention. I know they want to keep us safe. But Satan is smarter than man. You're not dealing with a computer and fax machine. You're dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, the prince of this world coming and have nothing in me. Now, who's ever worked through? People. Who think mass murderers work through? Demons. Demons working through them. They got no conscience. Hey, humans don't do those things. If God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, isn't it possible the devil can be in man, destroying the world? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil has come down with great wrath, right? Because of it a short time. So where are we at now? I preached to you on Sunday, right? That it says in Hebrews 2 and verse 1 to 3, how shall you escape? If you neglect what I'm telling you tonight, any preacher, don't preach this to his saints. He sure don't love them. He doesn't love them. Because Jesus says, as a snare, it will come up on the earth, and they shall not escape. But it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're not in the dark. We're not in the night. We know what's going on. I'm going to tell you, I expect very soon, next three, four years, the government is going to demand that we have certain identification markings to separate us from terrorists. They will not know who's terrorists except they put marks on us. I'm going to tell you people, stay out of crowded places. Because killing of infidel is called harvesting of souls. And you could be harvested tomorrow. You say, I don't believe Pastor Neal. Well, let me tell you. Hey, they're going to chop heads off. <laughs> you believe me, folks? They're going to chop heads off. And I don't feel bad about it. And blood's going to flow like a river. And people don't feel anything about it. Don't forget, abortion have prepared us to be inhuman. When we want body parts from babies just for the sake of commercialism, We've lost. Because the Ten Commandments is the only thing that kept us safe. And people don't want it. Let's worship God. But I know one thing. 2016 now we're all going to be seeing more, not less, more terrorism. I know every country who's, left, who's letting refugee comes in are good intention. I know refugees are hurting. But the devil always gives us a Trojan horse to. You can't escape the Trojan horse. Jesus himself chose 12 men and couldn't get rid of Judas. Judas slipped right in there and betrayed him. And if Jesus couldn't keep Judas out, no country can keep a terrorist out. I said, if Jesus couldn't keep Judas out, neither can a garment keep a terrorist out. They're going to slip in and do their dirty work. Now, should I tell you all this? Yes, I should. 
because tonight could be the rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the catching of the church. It's called the great escape. Let's turn to Luke 21, 35. Let's go there before we finish, folks. Luke 21, 35. Now, I know we came for prayer meeting tonight, but I changed it on you because I, I, that's my pastoral duty to, to tell you these things. You know, it's work for me and, and, and information for you, but I know I'm right. Here's Jesus' warned to us. 21st chapter of the book of Luke, and verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption, church, draweth nigh. And he's speaking of the parable, behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now near at hand. It's a parable talk here. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, like you're hearing on scene right now, knowing that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I send to you this generation ah, shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Every nuclear bomb in Russia, in, in Canada, in the Middle East will be released upon the earth. So help me, God. That's not a question, not a threat. It's a fact. This earth is going to reduce in size tremendously. Population will be down to one-sixth of its present population. The earth will be shrunk. Hey, see the Bible. Verily I said to you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass. This is Jesus talking. And take it to yourselves. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, talking to us, church, and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that they come upon you unawares. Mm. I mean, you're ignorant of what's going on. For as a snare, what's a snare? A trap shall come upon all them that dwell upon the face of the whole earth. I don't care how many spies they got. I'm in the satellites they got. God said, gotta be snared. Do you believe it? Thank God for the Holy Ghost, sister. Thank God you're ready to go. You would go. You got no fear. Hey, Amen. We're ready to go. Hallelujah. Watch ye therefore. And do what? That's why I teach about prayer. Pray how often? Always that you may be counted worthy. To escape all these things that shall come to pass on this mother earth and to stand before the Son of Man. That's why we teach repentance and baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, I know Sunday, Sunday morning, this place is almost full, but this is the real meat of the church. They don't hear this. You hear it, and this prepare you for the coming of the Lord. Because please, when you go up to that, read chapter 3 of Second Peter. Please, I beg you, I, 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 I plead with you. Second Peter chapter 3, read it tonight, and hear what the Bible says. 
the future of Mother Earth. Are there any questions on this side? Apart from, have I confused you? Paris? Oh, the name of the party was called what? Devil's what? Death something? What do they call the, the name of the party? Was Devil's Death something? The band was called that. Devil's something they call it. Now, the band was called that. The band was called that. Now, those people are not devils. No way. They're, they're like sinners, like everybody else, and John themselves. But it's wicked men and wicked women that take the lives of people. Like, they, like there's nothing to it. Hey, to kill a fellow man, you know, you have to lose your heart. You have to lose your conscience. Much more to cut their heads off. Much more to shoot them cold-blooded. You, you've lost every sense of humanity. Christianity is a peaceful faith. We don't kill opposing forces. We pray for them. That's what Jesus taught us. Even the cross, he prayed for those who cursed him. That's true Christianity. Anybody over here? Go ahead. Well, ISIS is doing what they think is right. They're trying to obey the doctrine of their book. Right? If they're wrong, all hell breaks loose for them. And if they're right, the promises they are claiming will be theirs. But after death comes judgment. They better be right. It's going to cost them a whole lot. Anybody on this side? No question? I guess you guys already know it already. Oh, on this side. Unfortunately, people also kill in the name of Jesus. Rome did. Spain did. Spain massacred a lot of people. Right? The Spanish Inquisition. Rome. Martin Luther killed a whole lot of people. Calvin did. The Thirty Year War, the Protestant War. Both sides do it. But the Bible says there's coming a time when those that kill you will think they're doing God a what? Now, Peter drew a sword to kill a guy, a Roman guy. And the Lord said, Peter, put that thing up. Don't you ever try to defend me with a sword. You'll die by it if you do that. They crucified him. Stephen, you know, Christians dying pray for their persecutors. Right? Others pick up guns and fight and knives and so on. Right? Hopefully we can do the same. We never know until we're tested. I hope we never get tested. We pray to escape. But, good point. Whether they're peaceful religion or not, actions speak louder than words. That's all I'm going to say.
and D7, yes. Well, what happened is, I believe politicians mean good. But if they don't read from Jesus' word, they're not going to end up good. I'm going to stand that. I'm going to stand that. Really, Judas thought Jesus was a fake. I believe that. He thought Jesus was a fake. He really believed it. He thought Jesus was a, was a scoundrel. <laughs> Deceiving the people. That's why he did what he did. But we notice afterwards what happened there. His eyes got open. Right? People are sincere in their own religion. But sincerity is not a measure of truth. You're sincerely wrong. Amen? And that's what's happening. Because these... These men are, are dying for a cause that promised them heaven. And if they don't get heaven, friend, on the other side, they're going to be pretty angry. Eh? And also feel mad that they killed somebody for no cause at all. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way. And beside me, there is no other way. He says, I'm the bread of life. Right? I'm the light of the world. And anybody beside me is fake. Well, we choose who we want to choose. But politics cannot save us. It can only appeal to our flesh. And these, these armies out here, I mean, Hitler thought he was doing God's will. Hitler's crooked cross is a cross. He told the Jews, man, I'm punishing you for Jesus. That's what he said. He believed it. Mussolini was a part of it. The Pope was a part of it. But they killed God's people, and God said, no, you're wrong. These are mine. Paul thought he was doing good. Paul was a terrorist, was he not? He murdered people, women and children. Paul was. Hey, let's face it, he was a terrorist. But God, God straightened him out. So you're wrong what you're doing. <laughs> so people are doing things wrongly. But in the back of it all, is man wants to do good, but Satan won't let him. And we're dealing with Satan, not people. That's why you got to love Muslim. 
Gotta love Buddhists, gotta love Christians, because they're people with a heart and a faith. Amen. And they must be loved and prayed for that God open our eyes and show us the way. But we don't hate anybody. Because hating is of the devil. Praise God. Any more questions? The midsection don't want to ask any question. We're going to pray. Let's pray for the world. Pray for our leader first in Canada. Then pray for 